This is Denise Richards, and I just wanted to congratulate you on your recent successes. And I know how much you love my movie, Valentine, so always remember, don't go out there. Would you like to know more? Everyone's doing their part. Are you? The war effort needs your effort at work, at home, in your community. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. Really appreciate all support. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, before we jump into tonight's episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. Everything about this podcast is on our website. All of our episodes and interviews, if you want to listen, we've got our store. You know, we got some new merch. We also have Shan's Etsy page attached. If you want to pick up a Tumblr, they're selling like hotcakes, so definitely go check those out. We got our blog where we write all of our think pieces. And we also have all of our social media links, you know, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We're on all of them. Go follow us, like us, subscribe us, all that good stuff. Uh, we love interacting with our fans and, you know, building relationships with you guys. And uh, before we jump into the film review, I just want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon, what we call. It's called Blood Donors. We have two different kinds. We have the traditional monthly recurring. Uh, I've said it many times before, but it really takes a big burden off of us to pay for, you know, like our site hosting our uh the site we host our podcast on it helps us pay for those kind of things and you know make a decent sounding podcast uh, so we appreciate all the help or if you just want to make a one-time donation you know maybe you want to come on the show with us or you want us to review a movie that you really love both of those options are available as well one last quick shout out uh today uh what's today's day april 5th scream 2022 released go follow us go check us out on instagram we're doing a giveaway with a friend of the show, Patrick Maroney. It all began with a screen. We're giving away two more books. All you got to do is check us out on Instagram. Uh, and the rules are simple. Just follow us and like the post, and you can win a free book. It's super simple and easy. Tonight, we're kicking off Sci-Fi Month. It's Brother Brian's Choice. Uh, and it's his pick tonight. Go ahead and announce your pick, brother. Yeah, so I went with uh, 1997's Starship Troopers. It's actually more of a divisive film than I thought it was. Um, also want to shout out to a uh, uh, guest we have on the show. We've had him on one other time during The Thing, uh, one of our most popular guests of all time, Mr. Trey Rowland. Hey, Trey. Oh, great. You're right, Brian. It is divisive because one half of the people think it rules and the other half think it <laughs> fucking rules. This is a great movie. Glad to be on. 93 like episodes later i came in when you guys were just a just a tiny little cocoon and now you've morphed into a beautiful gory butterfly and i'm glad that uh, i got the i got the invite back i'm pretty amped up but this is legitimately this is like one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time i love the movie i love the director um i see some groans in the uh in the main host faces other than brian he's a uh, esteemed gentleman <laughs> but uh we're gonna brian you and i are gonna preach tonight man because there's a lot of good stuff about this movie that a lot of people didn't even realize at the time it's a hidden gem absolutely and i'm i'm unapologetically a paul verhoeven fan yeah you know, I'll, i always have been honestly 
I hate to liken him to Rob Zombie, but I mean like in the sense of his over the topness, if that's even fucking English. But you know, you know, in the fact that you either love his shit or or you hate it, really, I guess. You know, I would say they're comparable in that regard. Um, this is our first Verhoeven film, probably not our last, honestly. Uh, but but like Zombie, you know, he pushes those limits of gore, sex, hell, RoboCop. You think as a kid? No, that's a fucking slasher. That movie is a slasher, Brian. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. That, that is actually my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> oh, that's that's my top. That's one top five. Um, but hell, Showgirls, Basic Instinct, Total Recall, and this is actually his most favorite movie that he's ever done. Um, but like those, like I said, you either hate them, love them. Uh, this is the bloodiest of all his movies. Very satirical. I mean, the whole damn thing is a propaganda reel and and basically a statement against fascism which Verhoeven grew up in Nazi-occupied Holland during World War II. So when I see reviews of this movie and people say, it supports fascism, I mean, what? Did you even fucking watch the movie? I mean, so, yeah, it's deep in its message to an extent, but, you know, even if you don't want to give, get into all that, on the surface, you have Saved by the Bell versus Bugs with nudity, <laughs> gore. What more can you fucking ask for in a movie? I mean, seriously. Highly underrated film. Um, although I say underrated, it has like seven on IMDb with 200,000 votes. Yeah. Uh, you know, but when you say Verhoeven, a lot of people don't talk about this movie. Um, anyway, I love the shit. Plus I mentioned before when we did Sleepy Hollow, Casper Van Dien is from my little hometown of Milton, Florida. And as hey. far as act, and as far as actors go, that's all we've got. So, you know, it's, and it's, it is, I will say it's a little rather embarrassing. I can't get to him to come on the fucking show, but here we are. Uh, the Go reason ahead. no one mentions this movie is because he directed the shitty movie called Showgirls. So that's probably the reason they don't talk about this one. Although Robocop is great. Okay. Um, so first of all, I just want to start out by saying this is my favorite Nazi propaganda film. Just kidding, Brian. Just kidding, Brian. Just kidding, Brian. I'm oh, just no. kidding. Okay. Oh, no. I'm kidding, everyone. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So. I know leading up to no one specifically Brian was expecting me to find any joy in this movie. Uh, one, I'm not a fan of the sci-fi genre. I know the thing is an exception. Love the thing. So as we've had try on before, we talked about that. It was basically just me and him teaming up against Brian and Nico. Um, well, yeah. 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 Hey, we did great band. It really That's was. Awesome. It's the predator handshake. Um, this one thing I do want to say that I love about this movie. This cast is great. It's phenomenal. There's a lot of like really good names, you know, Casper Van, Van Dien, which you mentioned, Denise Richards, call me some time, Dina Meyer, call me some time. Then there's my man Clancy Brown, who I can't, I can't see him as anything other than the guy that calls the fatty in, in Shawshank a fat barrel of monkey spunk. So that's what I think of when I see Clancy Brown. Has my man Dookie Hauser in here, No Patrick Harris, great role, even though he basically plays a Nazi, which is hilarious. Uh, Jake Busey. <laughs> the list goes on and on. I love this cast. Um, and again, I really love the satire part of this movie. It's a stance against fascism, which is funny because the book that it's based off of is pro-fascism. So you take those themes and you take the ideology and you kind of give it the middle finger with the movie you make. I really appreciate that. Um, on the surface level, this movie's not for me. I'm not I'm not a big uh, invader or bug you know, sci-fi spaceship kind of guy, but it's got a lot of good nineties, you know, that, that nostalgia, that teen nudity and that teen drama and all that stuff that, you know, he called it say by the bell, 
fun fact, all four of the main uh, teens, quote-unquote, in this movie were all a co-star at one part, Beverly Hills, now 2-0. Fun fact for the day. Every single one of those four, at some point, guest starred on 90210. Thought that was a fun fact. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Well, Star-studded cast. Um, not a big sci-fi, though. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. But I have fun with the movie. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to defecate upon it the way that I think Brian and Trey probably thought I would. Well, how dare you mention Clancy Brown without his crowning achievement as the voice of Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. I did not know that. Did you know that? That's hilarious. Now you you have been known. That's him. Clancy Brown. (laughs) Monkey Spunk guy himself. I can't. Wow. (laughs) Profiteering entrepreneur. Yeah. So it's funny you guys have both mentioned the cast of this multiple times. And it really is. Like you said, the Saved by the Bell thing, it was like the most cookie cutter like, <laughs> white people of all time. They're Ken dolls, right? Fighting against the bubs, which is funny because they're from Buenos Aires, Argentina, which on its face, just like a lot of this movie is ridiculous. But I think once we start getting into it scene by scene, I really do think that there were, conscious Absolutely. choices of why he picked the cast that he did not because he's from the illustrious town of Milton, Florida. Shout out my peeps there, the Hathaway peeps. He every single choice in this movie. And it's maybe cause I'm like a psychotic super fan. I think you, it lends credence to like the theme of the movie about the ultra nationalist state. It doesn't real everybody. I mean, this is generations in the future. Democracy's dead. you're just everybody's just like a glob like everybody's kind of white everybody's kind of not like you're in argentina yeah which is that's where they went to like ran from no absolutely not so subtle nod there Polly. and it doesn't matter dude you're in the shower they got dicks out (laughs) they got tits out there's like no there's like no importance placed on right gender race anything it's just if you're a civilian or a citizen or not which i think we'll get into especially when you hear like some of the lines of dialogue that if you don't know, this is a satire, like a lot of the critics that gave it a bad review in 97. I mean, you're dumb, but it's, I love the movie. Oh, it's got, it's got layers. layers. It's got layers. It's got boobs. It's got, it's got gore, big gore guy. Love Verhoeven, big gore guy. I'm yeah, I'm, I let's go. I'll just uh, go real quick. I just want to start off my general thoughts with saying, Brian, I love you. Uh-oh. Appreciate everything you do for me and everything no, you, you do don't. for the show. Uh, no, you don't. That's a <laughs> yes, I do. I swear. I promise. <laughs> uh, just got to be honest. Not, not a big fan. Just because, like Mike said, it's just not my thing. Uh, it's not that I think it's a bad movie by any means. It's just if something doesn't interest you or you're not entertained by it, you just don't like it. I mean, that doesn't mean that other millions of people who do like it are wrong. Uh, you know, Brian hated Midsummer. He hated Hereditary. A lot of other people love those movies. Uh, this, you know, outer space stuff, it just doesn't do, really do it for me, except for Aliens. I loved Aliens. That was very entertaining. You, you forgot Jason this X. What the fuck? For me, but I do agree with Mike. <laughs> I no do judgment not love here, Jason Hicks. brother. No, yeah, yeah, no judgment here, guys. We all subjective. <laughs> but uh, I do love the cast. Got a great cast. Uh, Clancy Brown, to me, will always be... Uh, the guy from The Guardian, uh, oh. sent, sent, sending out the rescue choppers. Nice. <laughs> this guy's done, I think this guy's done everything. He's done everything. He does. My 
I mean, he's been Mr. Krabs and saving people from drowning in the ocean. That's a very impressive. Uh, but anywho, I'm sorry, but I'm not a big fan of the movie. I went into the movie. I, haven't, I didn't even see the movie until Saturday when I watched it a couple of days ago. So if I don't pick up on the satire or what the message the movie was trying to say, it was because I was six years old when the movie was made. So I'm just watching it for the first time. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just watching it for what it is. Uh, so... If I mess up anything or don't interpret something right in the scene by scene, I apologize to any uh, Starship Super. I just saw it's called Super Troopers on the <laughs> on the Zencaster. <laughs> but I don't want to offend any Starship Trooper fans. Uh, with my opinion, it's just my opinion. I know Brian and uh, Trey will carry it and represent the the fans gloriously. But I'm just not a big fan of the movie. Uh, any more opening thoughts? No. No. Trey, it's good to have you back on, by the way. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for the invite. You guys, before before we get into this, just dissecting, like, it's like the, the Mona Lisa, right? We're just, like, dissecting a seminal piece of artwork. I got to give you guys some credit. You've done some hella cool stuff with the show. Uh, I was, I, it's it's awesome, man. It's awesome. It's giving me ideas for stuff that I want to do, and uh, you, guys, you guys do it big, man. It's cool shit. So, I'll give you your props before I just totally... Um, dismiss all of your opinions that don't agree with mine man i really appreciate yeah. that man and to be fair for the sci-fi stuff when we did predator i was a big fan of predator so i think you got to give me props on that one i did like that one a lot another good one you guys are like i said it's all subjective you're all esteemed gentlemen we all have our quabbles here and there but yeah of course you like predator you're yeah. goddamn american all right y'all ready to jump into the scene by scene yeah man Let's do it. All right, and like I said, I, I did my absolute best, so I, I hope I did justice for the movie. I'm sure you did uh, great, buddy. The film started, well, I I was like, oh, God, I hope I do the movie justice, you know. Uh, the film starts with drum roll and title card. Commercial now for young people to join to fight for the future. We see all these soldiers who say they're doing their part. We see spaceships blowing up these bug meteors. Klendathu, I think that's how you say it, must be eliminated. We see the general get attacked by a bug and ripped apart. A soldier yells, get out of here now, to the camera as more soldiers are ripped to pieces and stabbed by these bugs. Camera cuts and we see one year earlier text on screen. The teacher calls on Rico for him to pay attention. Dizzy calls him a bad boy as the teacher lectures. Rico goes back to drawing. The teacher asks about citizenship and being a civilian. Rico sends Carmen like an animated picture or video of them kissing. Teacher asks Rico if he understands the difference. And then Carmen sends him a video back of her blowing gum in his face. They leave the class and they kiss, and she says, let's go check out our math scores. Carmen gets a 97. Rico got a 35, which Carl displays for everyone to see. Carl says he hasn't done it yet, huh, regarding sex with Carmen. Carl tells him others are waiting, referring to Dizzy. We're in biology class now, and Rico and Carmen begin a dissection on a bug. <laughs> and legendary Rue McClanahan is a teacher, <laughs> and she lectures on the bugs. Big, big Golden Girls fan over here. Hell yeah, Carmen dude. vomits. Good catch. <laughs> Carmen vomits as she holds more and more of these organs. She runs out of class and Dizzy mocks her, saying, Nerves of steel, huh? Carl and Rico are doing a card game testing Rico's psychic skills. Carl says he's terrible at this. Cyrano, the pet ferret, makes an appearance and Carl tells it to go mess with mom. We're now at some version of arena football. Carmen helps Xander up, who asks her what she's doing after the game. She says the dance. And then he says he's going to Fleet Academy, and she says she wants to go there as well. Rico says, leave my girlfriend alone. Next play, Xander scores a touchdown. <laughs> the moment was too big. Rico pissed down his leg. 
Oh, Rico, no. stay- <laughs> Rico stays distracted by Xander flirting with Carmen. Dizzy calls a play and throws it to Rico, who scores an epic touchdown. Xander chases after, but doesn't tackle him. Rico redeems himself. Carmen runs to Rico with a big hug. We're at Rico's house now, and his dad says he'd rather take 10 lashes instead of watch him ruin his life. Rico says he wants to see the galaxy, but Mom says you could die in federal service. Dad says it should be against the law to recruit kids in school. Dad says you're going to Harvard, and Rico says it's his decision, not yours. We're at the dance now, and Dizzy steals a a dance from Rico when Carmen walks past him. She asks, how come we never got together? Can't we be just friends, he asks, and you can tell she's hurt by the answer. Rico says he wants to go talk to the teacher and kisses her cheek. Carl sneaks up, and she half-ass dances with him. Rico tells the teacher he thanks him. It was his best class. He tells him he wants to join the forces. He asks, what should he do? His parents are against it. He says, making your own choices is the best freedom. Make your own choice. Rico walks up on Carmen talking to Xander. Xander shakes his hand and says, no hard feelings. Carmen says, maybe I'll see you at Academy. She asks if he's jealous, and she says he has no reason to be. Carl kiss blocks him, then Rico says he's going to federal service. She whispers to Rico, my father's not home tonight, and they make out more. The recruits are giving their oath now to the federal services. Rico and Carmen turn in their papers. Carmen tells the paper stamper she's going to be a pilot. Carl says he's going to be in games in theory, and Rico is going to be in infantry. He grows scared when he sees the man with one less arm and no legs. Carmen says, let's make a vow to Rico and Carl to always be friends. Carl says, sure, why not? Rico's dad is snapping on him, saying he will resign. Rico says it's his decision and storms out, and dad says he's cut off. His mom asks if Carmen is worth it, and he storms away. Carmen and Johnny meet up again at the hub. Carmen says, I'm sorry your parents are mad. She says, it's exciting going away, but she's scared. Rico says, I'm going to miss you, and I love you. Carmen doesn't say it back, and he asks her to say it. She says it this time and kisses him. Don't forget to write, she says, as she takes her hub. All right, Brian, that's the opening scenes I got. Go ahead and kick us off. Yeah, so, you know, first off, I love these propaganda reels. Uh, You know, Verhoeven did it some in RoboCop and and even to an extent Total Recall, I think. But they're such a huge part of this particular movie. Um, Again, just being a fucking hyperbole of fascism. I mean, honestly, I don't understand how people didn't take this movie how it was supposed to be portrayed back in 97 but hell you're not even supposed to be rooting for the humans anyway i I think the propaganda reels are funny as hell um so this opening really tells you what you're getting into i mean you get the tv view of the clindathu scene and you know we see that later from a different perspective and and then we get this lesson which is funny as hell i mean basically michael fucking ironside and Mm -hmm. until this until this rewatch you know i i guess i'd forgotten how awesome the supporting cast was too um, again, rest in peace, Blanche. Uh, but Ironside, you know, we've got a goddamn legend out here basically teaching violence solves all problems and setting up how this is a society that thrives on the need for an enemy. Um, you know, shit, the Hiroshima line cracked my ass up. Um, you know, <laughs> you sick bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but even Dizzy, you know, in Rico's little comments, look, they, they show you that youthful, like, maybe this isn't the right way. You know, and then throughout, you get to see their arc where they're, I mean, I guess they're essentially brainwashed or at least broken to see that indoctrination. Um, you know, we mentioned, Mike mentioned Denise Richards, of course, friend of the show, by the way, Denise Richards, who did the Ooh. opening for us for Valentine. Um, and yeah, Dina Meyer, Detective Carrie, the Saw movies, who I always had a crush on in, in this movie. It wasn't Richards for me. It was always Meyer in this one. 
Um, but yeah, Mike, you mentioned Neil Patrick Harris. Like, look, I grew up on Doogie Howser, so seeing him take on this more of a darker role where, like you said, he basically becomes a Nazi. You know, I loved seeing that progression. It's something different, you know, and I'm sure he was trying to shed that kid actor thing at the time. Um, but I really love NPH from How I Met Your Mother, one of my favorite series of all time. Um, and and you kind of, you put it in quotations earlier, Mike, but, and I'm, obviously it's on purpose, but it's still funny that all of these actors were 29 or 30 years old playing the high school students. Uh, <laughs> and a little fun fact here in this group of scenes, Carmen was actually throwing up mashed bananas during that Ooh. dissection scene. Um, and so the last thing I'm going to touch on is this whole love triangle thing. I guess it's like a, a, a different shape since there's more than three, but look, this makes me uncomfortable. And, and, and honestly, it makes me uncomfortable because in high school I dated a girl, but, uh, but there was a dizzy, you know, that I would talk to basically without getting into too much. I fucked over my dizzy and then my girlfriend, <laughs> who is a second of two girls to ever break up with me, ditched me my senior year. So by then the other was gone. So I was left. It was stupid high school shit. But my point is that this whole love triangle thing they have going on here always registered a little bit differently with me. Mm-hmm. And 20 years later still makes me feel some type of way. Just even telling you guys that. Um and, and I know I called it Say by the Bell versus Bugs earlier because of the intentional cheese of these characters. But actually, uh, you brought you brought up 90210. Patrick Muldoon was actually on Melrose Place and in real life dated Tori Spelling and Denise Richards. Oh, one ahead, much better than the other. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I also like these propaganda openings, you know, very, very uh, – trying for the will and you know hitler youth which is something that that we get later you know kind of uh, references of those things uh so i like this open and look i like all this teen bullshit i mean i i really do um it reminds me of shows that we grow up on you know we mentioned say by the bell now two and oh you know i'm a little younger than you guys so you know i think of shows like degrassi even we're like this is the kind of shit you get you know uh no drake though sad times but, um, okay. So yeah, but I, first of all, no one's going to accuse Denise Richards of being, you know, some outstanding Oscar actress. Okay. But she's good in this role. And I think, uh, it's these four main like love interests are cast really, really perfect. Um, honestly, what the fuck has football become in the future? Holy shit. Um, I would love to see, I would, I would love to see Trey do a podcast about the X's and O's of whatever the fuck they were doing out there because Jesus, <laughs> run the run damn, the ball. damn ball. Yeah. I don't know, man. They look like, I don't know. It's all indoors and it's like a 40 yard field. And I don't know what the fuck was going on there, man. It was very, very, very not. Where's my football as Vince McMahon would say. Um, so, <laughs> but again, just that. <laughs> That teenage love square, you know, you said triangle, but it's really a love square, which I've never heard of before, um, <laughs> that everyone could kind of at least sink their teeth into and relate to. So even if you're not a fan of some of the kind of the goofier stuff we're about to get, at least you can kind of get in here with the story and get your feet wet, which I really like. Um, like you said, though, you could start to already see the brainwashing of the youth here, you know, just why it's why it's so or so much of an advantage to be, you know, in this infantry or, you know, a part, a citizen, if you will. Uh, and I think that that is right. That that's not so subtle. Like it's subtle 
enough to where apparently a bunch of fucking people missed it in 1997, which never makes any sense to me because I saw this movie at 10 years old. I didn't get it then, but I saw it again at 14 and I got it plenty. So like, you know, read the fuck up on World War II history, man. I don't know what to tell you, Um, but you, (laughs) I mean, you see a lot of that brainwashing stuff here. um, And I just, I love that it's, it's right on the nose, or at least it did. It is with me. Um, and this is like the reverse of what a parent child thing normally is. Normally your mom and dad are like, uh, <laughs> like, Hey, you know, don't worry about it. The, the military is great or whatever, but like trying to save, like, especially those like eighties movies where everyone's fine with you going to the military. And then this one, no one wants you to go to the military. It's like a very weird, uh, the dynamic, but I understand it, you know, it's in the future. Um, so a few more things and I really love Dina Maya's character of Diz because she's, you know, you kind of, you kind of touched on it, Brian, how it was always her as a crush for you, as opposed to, um, Carmen. And I can understand that, you know, especially as the film goes on and we're not quite there yet, but she becomes a badass. Uh, so, and honestly, man, just, seeing seeing Carmen kind of flirt with Xander would make me like, eh, I'm good. This other really hot girl wants me instead. I, I'm cool. You go have Xander, this whose name probably starts with an X. So I'm going to stay over here with Diz. <laughs> but no, man, I like this opening. I really do. I like that they're kind of, they're giving us the divit, even within being a citizen, there's divisions. And I like that as well. You know, you've got your people that fly ships, your your smarter, better people, and then you have your mobile infantry. And I think there's like even classism within this hierarchy social structure. So I think that was really cool and really on the nose as far as, you know, Nazi ranks, uh, you know, the way that Mussolini ran things, kind of very similar vein. So uh, I really like the opening set of scenes. Oh, Trey, before you go, shout out to Rue McClanahan, my girl Blanche, who if I were about... 50 years younger, me and me and Blanche would have had a good time. Thank you for being my friend, Blanche. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, good, good catch on that. Now, this is great. Now, because there's a lot of stuff to unpack, depending on how deep you want to go on this movie. This movie had a, a bunch of different like levels for me as a kid. I saw it when I was first 12, and I loved it because of the guns and the tits, right? I mean, you're 12 years old. Anything you can see with boobs in it, you immediately love. Then you start to like it as you're older because there's all these layers that are going through it. Like specifically, like the first, like the propaganda reels, which are, I think are the most, the most expository form of like the satire for me, other than the character of Rashchak himself, which we'll get into, I'm sure. So the first thing you can realize that the humans are kind of dicks is in the propaganda reel, it's like they were talking about the bugs being an imminent threat. And there's like, ah, oh, the imminent threat of the bugs. And it's like Earth is over here on the solar system. And the bug planet is like 900 million solar systems away. And it's like, oh, well, that doesn't look like an imminent threat. That looks like we're kind of being dicks, which will be revealed later. Right. So then you get into the classroom. And if you don't, I can, I guess I could kind of see why at the beginning where you miss some of this stuff. Because it's, it's big things. Rashtrak says democracy's dead. Violence is the violence is the justification for everything. It's like, okay, that's, that's meat and potatoes, like Mussolini <laughs> shit right there. Right. right. Like, so democracy's dead. There is a class of, like you said, citizens, and then the untouchables, which are the civilians, and you don't really know exactly 
like what the division is. You find that out in the shower scene where they go through everybody's reason for becoming a citizen. Yeah. It has nothing to do with actual nationalism. The ginger chick, you know, with the uh, with the Jada Pinkett haircut, she wants to have a kid. The uh, the one girl wants to get into politics. The other dude just wants to get his school paid for. Rico's doing it for the pussy, like which is like ridiculous. The fact that he goes up and meets the guy and was like, "Ah, son, mobile infantry made me the way I am," and he is just he is just chewed up. And it's like, man, I hope Denise Richards was worth it. Probably was. was Ninety-seven. Roll tide on that. So it's just it's all ridiculous. Yeah. So it it just it makes Ratchak's line even more ridiculous. Like, yeah, the only thing about being a human is free will and choice. Where it's like nobody has any free will and choice. You have to do the service to live any sort of basic life. I mean, yeah. The like I said, the gingy short hair. There's apparently children licenses that you have to have to have kids, right? So it's a lot of deep stuff. So as you're saying. It's the movie. So the satire so good is because it's treated so normally. The kids are young. They're good looking. They're being indoctrinated. And it's like you can't even really tell that they're being indoctrinated, which is the best kind. It's just like, this is normal. This guy was my best teacher. Dad just wants Rico to just go just mack on chicks and zeg him a beach, which who wouldn't want to do that? And he's just so ate up with all this nonsense that he wants to go in mobile infantry and turn into a gimp. It's out of control, and the satire really gets laid on thick, like especially during like the training scenes, which are my favorite. This side of Full Metal Jacket, my yeah. boy Mr. Krabs, so so good. So many little things that he does are phenomenal, and it really just shows you how nefarious this world that's evolved. Which is, a, I thought the football was kind of sweet. It was over the top. Dizzy is like an all-star quarterback. That's what's funny. Rico goes in for Carmen. Dizzy goes in for Rico when she could have been what she could have been the quarterback for either the the Chrome Ball team that plays in Turkey or Brazil. I think when I watched it today, I caught that for the first time. So she's like a legitimate like pro prospect quarterback, um, which lends to my point earlier that like the only like social capital that matters is what have you done for the government? Like I said, race, gender, it all doesn't matter, dude. It's all just a big soup. And we'll, we'll get to more of it, but I, the greatest like exposition of the satire, it's the reels, and it's also Michael Ironside. Oh yeah, he he does a great job of just because he's you know he's a hundred percent bought in. So I I love the opening scenes. I think it sets a nice foundation to where you start to build the distrust of like, are we actually the good guys? Spoiler: We're really not. But the movie it makes you feel uncomfortable because even by the end, you still. I mean, you still want to kill the brain bug and win. You still want the humans to win. So it's it's a very conflicted movie. So it's a good uh, setting of the stage for that. And, you know, I thought about this after rewatching it again today. How much do you think we missed as, a, as you know, just like normal American fans? Like, how much do you think we missed some of that subtle, you know, slapping in the face of fat – well, well, all why do you, do I you think it has it. anything to do with what we see as Americans in school, you know, coming up through middle all the way to college? A lot of the stuff we get is in a different language. So we're not picking up on that, that dialogue that, you, you know, all that stuff you said, Trey, is it's right along the lines of everything to do with fascism, but we never hear it in our language that we speak native tongue. So like, 
I thought about that today where I'm like, I wonder if right. we just see Hitler kind of shouting in, you know, in German that we don't quite understand. And he just looks like a kind of a maniac, but he's saying exactly the kind of stuff that they're saying right here. And, and they're just saying it casually. It, it, it's just nonchalant, very, you know, cool hip thing to just be all about the government, all about, you know, being a nationalist. And I think maybe we don't pick, maybe we didn't pick up on that because we're not used to hearing that kind of talk in our native tongue until, you know, a lot of the movie going audience. And I don't think it's like a nefarious thing, or I'm not one of those people that bashes the country I'm in, but dude, a lot of times people don't go to the movies to use their brain. There's been 12 fast and furious movies and I love them, but I can turn 98% of my brain off and open my eye holes and suck them in. So when you're going to see a bug killing movie, you're not expecting to see a very poignant message against these sort of themes. However, that's what makes it a movie that we're still talking about. What? 25 years later. Like we're not talking about a lot of other movies from 97 because they didn't have anything to really say. Absolutely. So I think it adds to it. So the reason why it wasn't caught is because they saw a picture of, of like a genderless Ken doll, Casper Van Dien, no offense, I love you, and a bunch of like weird knife bugs on the back of a poster. And we're like, oh, this is going to be stupid. And surprise, just like all of other Paul Verhoeven's films, it's a lot smarter than you give it credit for. All right. Uh, we see another commercial now where soldiers hand out guns to kids and oh, we see God. a trial for a murderer. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good one, dude. That's a really good one. <laughs> executions are live on tv we now see a psychic on the screen now we see a bug destroying a cow that's censored out we see a site with several corpses from arachnid attacks sergeant zim isn't happy with his cadets he snaps on a kid laughing and beats him with a baton and sends him off to do punishment drills he now asks who thinks they have what it takes to knock me down uh someone volunteers and is immediately slammed and has his arm broken and zim calls for medic now as dizzy walks up with her papers she requested transfer to this base. He asked, what makes you think you're good enough? She takes off her jacket, and she and Zim come back now. She gets her ass beat, though. Ace skips in line, and Rico tells him to get in line like everyone else. <laughs> Boy, she gets fucked up. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I don't know if I'm supposed to interrupt the scene stuff. No, you're, you're good, you're, man. You're very good at what you're doing. Keep going. Thank you, Trey. That means a lot to me. Hell he yeah. tells Rico they should be friends as another guy pushes him to the back. Dizzy asks if they want to eat together. He's upset because she joined this unit just for him. We're in boot camp now doing drills, and Dizzy knocks him in the mud. Now they're throwing knives into these wooden dartboards. Ace asks why they're practicing with knives. Zim orders Ace to put his hand on the wall and throws a knife right through it. He pulls the knife out and calls for medic. Now we're in a shower with all the soldiers. They all start They all start to state why they join. Rico says to stop being nosy. Then Dizzy says he's here for a girl. He asks if it's her, and she just smiles. Rico is like blogging, vlogging about this being their home, and some dude stick their ass in his face. Carmen watches... <laughs> Carmen watches the video and laughs as he says, Carmen, write me. Carmen and another pilot race to fly this little mini ship. And if I get any of these things wrong, I'm sorry. Like what no, the you're actual great, titles man. are. You're doing <laughs> a great, guy comments, oh no, not her again. She's crazy. Carmen has asked why she's in such a good mood. She says she gets to fly that today as they see a big ship. Carmen reports for duty and she's seated by Xander. He's teaching her to fly today. She says maybe it's fate they ended up together. She begins, t- she begins takeoff, barely missing hitting the object. They count down and take off. 
We see the infantry plane capture the flag. Rico starts kicking ass and captures it. Zim comments he has some moves, and Zim says give him a squad and see what he can do. Back to their home, and they joke about how happy Rico looks. Rico thanks Dizzy for her help, and he walks off from her when he gets a video message. Ace and the other guys are impressed by Carmen. She says she loves it out here, and she says she thinks she's going to go career, and she breaks things off with him, saying her career doesn't leave room for him. She asks for him to write her, so they'll always be friends. Ace says it's funny how they want to be friends after they rip your guts out. He says he wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for her. Zim is leading an assault course now. He tells Rico he expects a higher score. The guys start shooting these like green targets. Uh, I just called him the farmer guy is shot and killed <laughs> as they tend to his helmet and Rico is demoted from squad leader. He's questioned now why he ordered his man to remove his helmet. He says he needed his whole squad. He wanted to win. We'll try administrative punishment after Zim says he's worth holding on to. Zim gives Rico something to bite on as he gets 10 lashes on his back. All right, go ahead, Brian. That's the next set of scenes I got. So his 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 name's Breckenridge, and I only remember that because my parents live in Breckenridge Drive. So it's like I don't know another oh connection my, there. My God, man! Would you like to know more? <laughs> uh, anyway, these propaganda videos are both fucking awesome and hilarious to me. Um, you know, and in talking about that arc earlier, it's awesome that our main characters eventually end up in those propaganda commercials by the end of it. Yeah. Um, and this was my first introduction to Jake Busey. Actually, I think he's severely underrated in this movie. I think everybody should have a friend like me. I is a line that I literally use all the time. Like I, I constantly say that. Um, but someone who isn't fucking overrated is uh Clancy motherfucking Brown, who we brought mm-hmm. up earlier, uh, breaking Preach, my brother. guy, breaking my guy, Rube Baker from major leagues arm here. And, uh, and then stabbing Busey makes me cringe every time. I love it. Um, love the practical effects. Um, an enemy cannot push a button if you disable his hand. Medic. I love it. Um, <laughs> so the most memorable scene to a lot of people, including teenage boys, Trey brought it up at the start, oh, this yeah. shower scene. Um, so, <laughs> so there's a fun fact on IMDb that this is the first co-ed shower scene in a mainstream American movie, but I dispute that. Uh, and, and, and super RoboCop fan Trey can help me out here because I own the Criterion collection of RoboCop, the NC-17 version, because Ooh. I distinctly remember a co-ed police department shower scene. Not as long as this, but I distinctly remember one in RoboCop. So I don't know if that was theatrical run or what, because like I said, I own the Criterion collection. So do, can you back me up on that one way or the other, Trey? Do you remember? Uh, uh, you know, I think there's some there's some credence to what you're saying, as has everything you've said tonight has been worthy <laughs> and very valuable. I will, if you've given me another reason to watch RoboCop again on my poor person's regular Blu-ray, uh, the Criterion thing, I have no idea what you just said, but I feel very impoverished for having heard you saying it. I will watch it again and I will get back to you. But you know what? I'm just going to say you're right. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, impoverished. Okay. Uh, so anyway, another little tidbit here that I thought was funny about this is Meyer and, and Dean actually confirmed that, uh, Verhoeven shot the shower scene in the nude himself on a dare, <laughs> on a dare from Meyer, because apparently the day of the shoot Verhoeven had asked the cast to do a little fashion show without fashion so that they could get comfortable being naked. Well, they were reluctant and Meyer apparently said, Paul, if it's no big deal, then why don't you do it? And so he did. 
And and Van Dean reportedly yelled, oh my God, Dino, why did you do that? Everyone laughed. And actually the scene was filmed without problems, but I thought that was a nice little tidbit. Um, Actually, and I actually completely forgot that Amy Smart was in this movie. Um, And even Mm. Brenda Strong as the ship captain. I mean, what did we just do with Brenda Strong? And I know she's in Red Dragon, which by the way, third straight week with a Red Dragon reference, if you're keeping track, by the way. But I think we, The Craft, that was it. We just, a sneaky good cast. Sneaky good cast this is. Um, And like you said, a scene where Breckenridge accidentally gets shot. Actually, in real life, the girl that shoots him accidentally and Breckenridge himself are actually married and have a child together now in real life because they met on this movie. Um, you know, Jesus, so, dude, you know it all. My God, what am I even here for? Just, <laughs> please. Uh, anyway, another good set of scenes to me. Good character development. Story progresses. Um, you can see the relationships building with Dizzy and Rico and Carmen and Xander which is honestly even funnier given what happens at the end with these four as, as Verhoeven just continues to get his point across with everything. But uh, I think Mike's dropped off for the, uh, for the time being because of weather in his area. If you want to go ahead, Trey. Yeah. Peace nerd. You didn't like the movie anyways. Bye bud. (laughs) Anyway. So this is when you really start to get like how, like how ridiculous this, like um, this government is by how brutal the training it's phenomenal. You walk in, it's it's not that big of a deal. They start whapping people with batons for laughing. I go, okay, that's kind of dickish. And then the, the second official thing that Mr. Crab says is, hey, who wants to beat my ass? I think a uh, country guy, Breckenridge, Breckenridge Brian says, okay, I can. Boom, immediate disgusting compound arm fracture. The new girl comes in, Dizzy, who my God. good. What's her name? Dina Meyer, is that the actress's name? Yes, sir. Jesus Christ, she plays a thirsty biatch better than anybody in the entire world. She is, she's way too pretty to be that thirsty. So great acting on her part. Comes in, summarily gets her ass whooped and choked out via crab knee. Impressive. So he's whooping ass. He stabs Jake Busey in the arm. I mean, the hand, right, with the, the line right. that Brian said. So it's just these people are getting mangled during training. There's a live fire exercise where the only thing that matters is scoring points, and they're running around playing laser tag with automatic weapons. <laughs> it's absolutely brutal. The only thing more bu- brutal are Jake Busey's teeth, which are bigger than the arachnids in the film. And I love – you are right. He is he's good because he comes in as like the the lord of all douches and by the literally within 10 minutes you love him. Like oh, he's yeah. one of my favorite characters in the movie, man. Gives Rico the old attaboy after the after the dear John like GameCube disc. Like he does a he really good, dude. I like Jake PC a lot. He's good stuff. Absolutely. Um but it just shows and then other other things, right? They're they're lashing the piss out of him and it's called administrative punishment, which is like what happens. Like, I don't know, at an office where you like lose a coffee break or something like 10 lashes. Yeah. That's just administrative punishment. So it's just the nomenclature of everything is just so ridiculous. It's awesome. The propaganda rules, they just executed, they executed the guy live on TV after he, and his trial was like one day. It was like yeah. the capture trial and execute, very Judge Dreddy, which yeah. if you ever want to talk great films, Carl Urban, Judge Dredd remake, oh, chef's kiss. Oh, it is um, chef's kiss. So this is where, 
this is where the satire continues to build upon itself. And it's really evident when you're at the training camp and they're all in their little like S their diet, like SS junior uniforms and the, the massive logo, the lashing, it's all really like sinister stuff for the, for the team that you're conditioned to root for. That's what makes the movie even so like evil. It's like it's humanity versus mindless bugs. And you, you're not really a hundred percent on humanity's side the same way that you are with another film like independence day. Right. So it's a great, it's a great like twisting of the classic alien tropes, man. God, this movie rules. Let's roll. <laughs> I really love I, it. I really I, do. I, dude, I'm still dying about it. He said choked out via crab leg. <laughs> he did. He got just a king crab right to the carotid, man. Just a brutal. She showed up for two seconds and he just beat her ass with no, no issue. Like it was great. <laughs> He's so good, dude. Clancy's Clancy's oh, the yeah. man. Oh yeah. What a great name, too. Clancy Brass. That's an awesome name. Mm-hmm. All right. We're back to Carmen and Xander as he hands her some coffee. She says, third watch always lasts forever. He says something's wrong, but she says she replotted the course. Xander says the captain says they should team up and crew for her. What do you want, she asks. They pick up on a gravity field and call the captain. She calls for an emergency evasion, and they lose a bit of their ship after they crash into it. Communications are down. We're lucky to be alive, ma'am. It's not luck. We have a hell of a flight team, the captain says. Dizzy asks why Rico is leaving. He says he joined for the wrong reasons and got a guy killed. He video calls his mom and dad now. He tells his parents it's not working out and asks to come home. He says he's been an idiot. We love you, son, and their call breaks up due to interference. Dizzy says if you take if you take that walk down washout lane, it proves you don't have what it takes to be a, be a citizen, and she walks away. Johnny is walking away, but then we see all the soldiers running and they yelled to him, we're going to war. We see on the TV now of the Arachnids attack in Buenos Aires. Johnny's home is destroyed, over 8 million dead. Rico asks to null his resignation papers. His whole family was killed and wants to rejoin. Zim rips up the paperwork and tells him to carry on. We now see wreckage from Buenos Aires. We're in Geneva now as a fiery speech is given that humans run this galaxy, not bugs. Carl says Arachnid soldiers aren't smart and to aim for the antenna stem. We now see kid. <laughs> we now see kids stomping cockroaches. <laughs> Dude, this is good shit, right, man? I know you don't like the movie, but that's great shit, pal. That, that is funny. I mean, yeah, fuck roaches. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a reporter now interviews Ace and Dizzy and others about going to war against these bugs. They're ready for it. Rico says he's from Buenos Aires and kill them all. Johnny hears his voice called. It's Carmen. Rico says she looks great in a uniform. She says he doesn't look happy to see her. It's different now, she says. We're at war. I think it was best. Xander walks up and Johnny is pissed. He walks off and Xander talks shit. Rico and Xander fight now. I'm going to kill you, they yell to each other as they're separated. Carmen and Xander walk off. Rico is getting a tattoo now and Ace pours liquor on it and they all show off their new ink. We see the infantry loading up in their ships. Their commander tells them they are first wave and to kill anything with more than two legs. Carmen pilots the ship with Xander. We get mixed reactions from the soldiers from the turbulence. This isn't random light, the commander says, as we see explosions outside of the ship. Someone made a big goddamn mistake, she yells. Break for high orbit. The ship lands on a planet, and the infantry storms out ready to fight. They nuke two giant bugs and charge on. A soldier is impaled repeatedly through the chest. Ace freezes up as several more bugs appear. Rico yells to kill them all. Lots of bugs versus human warfare. 
A lady soldier yells, let's get out of here. But then she falls through a hole in the ground and is drug away by a bug. Rico yells to fall back. They all retreat back to the boats. A reporter is killed while the cameraman continues the film. Rico is impaled through his leg as he fights to save a comrade. Cut to black and we're in another commercial style message. A hundred thousand dead in an hour. They underestimated the arachnids' capabilities. Sky Marshal Dean resigns and Sky Marshal Tahat takes over. She says we must understand the bug. We see scientists arguing and we're back to the ship. Ticonderoga lands and Xander asks, how could this happen? We thought we were smarter than the bugs. All right, go ahead, Brian. That's the next set of scenes I got. I think we need to put fuck them roaches on, on a shirt. It's just FDR. Um, <laughs> so, so let me say, too, like for 1997, these effects I think are great. I mean, yes, fa- good point. Hasn't been brought up yet. Holds up visually very well, in my opinion. Absolutely. You got a fantastic mixture, I think, of practical and CG. Um, but even in this set of scenes, there's a shot of uh, where you're zooming in from space into the bridge. It's, it's absolutely stunning to me. 25 years later, you brought up 25 years. Yes, this is the 25th anniversary. It's actually in November of this year, November 7th, I think it is. November 4th or 7th, I can't remember, but it's definitely in November. Um, and shout out to Tony Costa Jr. and his team. You know, mm. Costa has gone on to do stuff like Face Off and Man of Steel, um, you know, who had amazing makeup, costumes, special effects as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, this is where I wrote down too. That fucking propaganda scene where the kids are stepping on the bugs is just fucking disgusting. I hate roaches. It's just fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but here's where you really see that transformation of Rico that I was talking about earlier. I mean, you have the reporter say, you know, the actual truth where he says, you know, some say the bugs were provoked by the intrusion of humans into their natural habitat, which obviously is the truth. And uh, Rico's response is immediately, kill them all, I'm from Buenos Aires. So the whole arc and that line, right, you know, there that, that that's given right there is the, the development that we've gotten with this character, I think, really gets across that whole indoctrination point that Verhoeven was trying to push this entire thing. And uh, this fight scene, too, with Rico and Xander, Van Dien actually apparently really punched Muldoon by accident in the face, giving him a bloody lip. Um, Muldoon stated in his interview that Casper, quote, hits hard. I'm not sure if that bloody lip that they used in the movie was the real one that he had or not, um, or maybe it was emphasized by the makeup crew after. I don't know. I really couldn't find any facts on that one. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do love, though, how they can how can they, how they can use lasers to cut on people and have these advanced super spaceships but still use regular guns with regular bullets. Um, <laughs> I, and that's, I know that that's I know a great that was, point. I know that was, you know, a particular Verhoeven choice. And honestly, I love it. You know, it wouldn't have been the same movie to me with laser guns, I don't think. Um, but it is a, a, a point to, to throw in there. Um, and so, yeah, I love this set of scenes. I think Brenda Strong actually stands out a lot and does a really fantastic job in the little, the little moments on screen that she gets here. Um, I love all the fighting with the bugs. And it was cool to get to see this from the other perspective that you got in the opening. Um, this may be actually my favorite set of scenes in the movie. Go ahead, Trey. I'm with you there. A lot of stuff. So this is this is where I think is an interesting turn because we've talked about how awful, like the the dystopian future that the humans are in right now is. Right, like objectively terrible. But when a character loses his entire family in three seconds after talking to them, eight million people dead no matter how terrible the society the guy's a part of, 
this is where you start pulling for Rico. And this is where, even though I know the, this is where you start feeling comfortable with the movie. Cause this is where you want him to kill all the bugs, dude. I get it. I'm such a revenge movie, like junkie that I, I do want him to kill all the bugs, whether he's a little indoctrinated fucking guy or what. So this is where I start to find myself pulling for people that, <clears throat> and I guess it, it's kind of a good, like uh story about some people that are in these countries like these are people in these evil countries there's a lot of good people that are in them that are drug into the circumstances so rico's in there and this is where i really start to like cheer for his character like brian said he he went into mi for ass and now he's going <laughs> to kick ass so it's it's a, it's a very subtle not, uh, not so subtle transformation the fight scene Bleh. I thought Rico kind of got his ass kicked in the fight scene a little bit. I've seen better, but the fact that he actually punched the other dude in the face, great stuff. And I agree with Brian's choice of it wouldn't have been the same with lasers because this is when you really see the interview with the reporter. Eight million people just died. And they still kind of think it's a game, right? That human superiority, like, oh, we're going to eat the bugs. Yum, yum, yum. Kill them all. Blah, blah. They're, they're way too confident for what they're about to get in. Right. And the brutality of the invasion of Clendathu is so stark that I think that the bullets keep you in the realism of that, right? Like, okay, they're space bullets, whatever, right? Who cares? Using the bullets, using the practical effects, the fact that these bugs are just like 900 green knives with like an eye in the middle of their mouth it's the whole thing is grotesque dude and then the brutality of the buenos aires thing there's like a dog like verhoven's a sick dutch son of a bitch dude <laughs> like not even before i knew he was just like naked with everybody else filming he's like had dead dogs like he's he's a wild boy so this is when you you honestly it, there's a lot of good stuff here the propaganda is good the action's good and this is where I think that you probably lost a lot of critics when they were just like, oh, this is just like gun violence porn for the sake of it, which is all his movies right. are accused of being, right. which I don't know. It's not that's not what it's about, man. It, it, it emphasizes everything else. But this is when the movie really gets real and the viewer starts to get conflicted because regardless of the situation in society, and what like the humans represent like you're cheering for all these characters dude like you don't want any of them to die you're all on their side so it's man it's good shit dude and as far as like the action yeah the, this is where the action really starts to pick up in my opinion all right carmen and xander walk through the medic camp with all the injured soldiers she says oh no when she sees rico has deceased she storms away in sadness we see rico in a tank getting his leg worked on Dizzy and Ace wake him up and show him he's dead on paperwork, but they say in three days he'll be out. She kisses the glass as she walks away. Rico is back with his squad and asks who's top kick. Ace gets tossed around after he jokes about the lieutenant. The new leader walks in. It's a teacher. How do you pronounce his name one more time? Is it Raskick? Raschak, right? Raschak? Okay. Yeah. Just, just wanted to get that right. The new leader walks in. It's a teacher, <laughs> Raschak. He tells the new soldiers he has one rule. Everyone fights and no one quits. I shoot you if you don't do your job. He says they have a new battle plan. We now see a ton of bugs roaming this planet as fighter jets drop bombs on them. We see the infantry walking now, and they kill a bug that ambushes them. Watkins is trigger happy as he shoots an already dead bug. Rico nukes a cave that's full of bugs. They're called on the radio where a bunch of bugs are. They attack. A giant tanker emerges from the earth now. 
it melts a lady's arm off. What a giant tanker. Sorry, cut that, Brian. How, what the fuck? It is. It's a tanker bug. A tanker That's what bug, called. yeah. It's is a it a tanker bug? bug? See, yeah, I, I, man. Cut nothing. You were 100% accurate. <laughs> you are right. Leave it in. Fuck it. We're doing it live. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> a giant tanker emerges from the earth now. It melts a lady's arm off with fire from its mouth. Rico jumps on his back and begins to shoot him over and over. He hangs on it as it spins around, and Rico throws a grenade into the flesh wound. It blows up, killing it. Nice moves, Rico is told. Rico is promoted to corporal now. He asks Diz to be a squad leader, and she accepts. Raschak says he expects the best, and I give the best. He rewards them with beer and entertainment. Have fun. That's an order. They drink, throw football, play violins. Watkins asks uh, about the lieutenant in his past. Dizzy tries to get Rico to dance, but he doesn't, so Watkins dances with her. Lieutenant gives Rico some advice and says, never miss out on a good thing. Rico now dances with Dizzy. She asks, what is, what's he doing after the dance? They're in bed now, and she rips his shirt off, and she takes her shirt off. They begin to kiss before she even gets her shirt off, though. We finally got together, Diz, he says. I love you, Johnny, and they kiss more. The lieutenant calls for Rico, and Dizzy hides under her sleeping bag. He gives Rico 20 minutes before he has to report, so he has some sexy time. This is... <laughs> hey, that, hey, that was good looking out on his part. Yeah, man. The soldiers are walking the ground again, and we see rocks falling from the cliffs. A soldier is snatched up and taken into the cliffs. The lieutenant takes a gun and shoots a soldier in the heart, killing him. He says he'd expect anyone in this unit to do the same. Rico is now acting sergeant. The soldiers enter this base and see several dead bodies. Watkins is ordered to secure the base and police the bodies. A shows lieutenant more dead bodies. The bugs got in through a tunnel. Dizzy says, you're going to want to see this. We see a man with a huge hole in his head. Bugs are sucking brains out now. They open this door and the general storms out. He thanks them and they'll all be heroes. The general yells, we're going to die, and the lieutenant smacks him. Control yourself. Watkins yells out, bugs. They get to the top of the base and we see an army of bugs attacking. Fire at will, lieutenant yells. They shoot the charging bugs, but now flying bugs are attacking. The general is smushed when a bug lands on him. Is that a little bit of irony, maybe? Rico tells them Planet P is crawling and send help. He says, I hope you have a crazy pilot. Rico yells to the lieutenant, a rescue boat is coming. He orders them to fall back into the compound. They hold and shoot the bugs as they enter. They're running low on ammo now. The rescue lands and they begin to board the boat. Now soldiers begin to sink into the ground. Lieutenant is, like I guess said, bitten in half. Rico has to kill him. A huge bug emerges and Dizzy throws a grenade into its mouth, killing it. She celebrates but is impaled twice and flung around. They shoot the bug, and Dizzy falls to the ground with, like, a what antenna or leg still stuck in her. They carry, they carry her onto the boat. The two, the two tower men are nuked with fire, and then the boat flies, flies away just in time. And the next set of scenes are the ending. Go ahead, Brian. So, yeah, a lot to unpack here. Heavy um, stuff. <laughs> yeah, first off, I think the, the effects on rebuilding Rico's wound – I thought were very well done. Um, some and some, you know, absolutely glorious, gorgeous bug bombing going on in this montage. Beautiful chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now when Rico asks the commander if she has a bug problem, you know, right when shit is going down, that's honestly the first time I rolled my eyes in this movie. As the first, as the first line, I thought, "Wow, that's that's a little cheesy." Um, I mean, in a movie where it's purposely like that, that's the first one that really kind of rubbed me that way. Mm. Um, 
I did feel like the effects looked good for me about, well, about 85% of them. The tanker bug, I think, looked okay until Rico started writing it. Um, and then you kind of got the whole Star Wars Episode One type of CG going on there. Um, but the effects on, on the corporal's arm being burned off, you know, and once Rico's blasting that hole in that bug with all that fucking spaghetti sauce flying all out. <laughs> I think I think it really, really looked good, even by today's standards. Um, and actually, apparently, Van Dien broke his rib and was hurt pretty bad while doing that stunt here where he jumps Jeez. off the bug. Um, the sex scene being interrupted and Ironside telling them to make it 20 minutes. That may be my favorite line in this movie. I don't know why. That's just, I love that line. Now, fuck you, Johnny Rico, for being an asshole when she tells you she loves you and you just do the same shit that Carmen did to you. Um, mm. but you know, Hey, now this third act, you know, in the sun, apparently it was pretty brutal to film. Uh, Busey suffered a heat stroke while working in the sun. Wasn't the only one. Apparently 25 crew members per day were treated for heat stroke because this thing was filmed oh in a hundred, 120 degree weather in the badlands in Wyoming. So, which is why you see throughout these scenes, a lot of the platoon members and it, they're in black t-shirts. Just apparently it was fucking brutal. Apparently. Um, lastly, you know, th this entire third act here at Whiskey Outpost really is the entire movie of Starship Troopers 2, by the way. Um, that's actually probably more of a horror movie than this, but it's basically this entire third act stretched into like an entire movie, which sidebar, by the way, Brenda Strong comes back as a whole nother character in that movie, which is stupid. And Van Dien, nor anyone else comes back until Starship Troopers 3, which is not good. Zero budget. Anyway, sidebar. Um, apparently, anyway, apparently four seconds had to be trimmed of this fight and a decapitation in particularly to avoid an NC-17 rating. I mean, like all the shit, <laughs> are you kidding me? Dude? All the shit that goes on in this, this is where they drew the fucking line. And it's stupid because they, they put it right back in for the version that go, that was on the FX network. And it's actually in this version. If you watched on HBO max, like I did, um, but look, everything in this movie, you know, and that is what put the MPA over the top. It's just absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, but lastly, Rico, you dumb motherfucker. I just had to shout out. I mean, we all know the first rule when you get stabbed by a fucking bug leg and you have it stuck inside your chest, you don't pull it out. Oh, yeah, that's common. Yeah, that's first aid 101, Brian. Absolutely. Go. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, man. Um. Oh, just, yeah, dude, this is where business really picks up. Uh, the reveal of the teacher back with the, uh, with the robo arm. Love it. Every piece of dialogue he says is just fantastic. Even though we established that he's basically a retired Nazi coming back into the biz. Um, it really sucks because they make him a badass too. So you love him. Uh, Watkins hates bugs so much covered in like Shrek squirt like bug blood and just can't stop like being covered in green shit. Shout out all of the absolutely ridiculous, like high C flavored, like blood of all of the insects just makes, just makes everything ridiculous. The arm melts. It's all good. The mix, like you said, the, the computer, the computer stuff's about as good as I can remember from a movie scene in 97. But the fact that he, they will mix it in where they had like the little bug with the eyeball in the mouth, like looking yes. up at them. Dude. It was a great mix of practical and special. And speaking of practical and special, I mean, the movie, it, the movie takes you on a ride. You think the, the humans have no hope. They whoop all the bug ass on Tango Urilla. You're feeling really good about this unit. 
Oh shit, bugs with wings. Is the decapitation scene you're talking about, Brian, where the guy I think he gets his head cut in half? Yeah, there's like three of them that get their heads cut. Like in a half, yeah, so it's right. not yeah. like an at the neck decapitation. It's like a middle of the skull wrong turn with an axe like yeah, decapitation right. for a little right, throwback yes. for you guys. Like yee. So <laughs> just pr- perfect foreshadowing when he shoots his guy directly in the chest. No, no hesitation whatsoever. They go there. They, they shadow the brain bug, which is the most disgusting thing I maybe have. Like, just all, everything about that disgusting creature later, yeah. it's it's absolutely horrifying. The way it just, like, fat, blobulous, like, has its weird little, like, needle dick in your brain. Like, it's uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it, but, oh, god damn. Mouth so looks set, like an asshole oozing. Yeah, like, a little you know, poo like, dick you know, mouth. Like, it's uh, just every disgusting Dutch orifice this psychopath could think of, right? <laughs> so they, they foreshadow it perfectly because it is that gross, and it, you do need to be prepared for it. So the death of Raschak, just I quote this line where he's like, Rico, you know what to do. Like, I quote that all the time. Dizzy gets, he gets brutally murdered. One of your favorite characters off, especially after he gave Rico some time for the sexy time. He gave Jake a green violin. You love him. He dies. Shit. (laughs) Dizzy and Rico, they finally get, they're doing it. They go to the pound town. She gets just stabbed to death. Chokes on more blood than I think is in seven human bodies. <laughs> just drowning in like whatever they use for fake blood, right? Like, and it's it's all over her teeth, man. When she's talking, dude, it's, it's just, disgusting. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's so I quote that line too. Where it's like, at least I got to have you, Rico. Right, like, dude, she's like, it's coming through the middle of her teeth, right? She's like leaking blood everywhere. It's so horrific. And then, of course, who's there? His stupid bitch ex-girlfriend is the one that has to save Rico. Here we go. All the threads are reconverging that started at the movie, and we're ready for the finale. But just great stuff, gripping. Um... Yeah, and you really you really care for all these characters, which you didn't think you would with how the movie set up the whole structure of the society. All right, y'all. Here's the ending. Re- re- <laughs> powerful stuff, huh, Trey? Oh, dude. I'm, yeah, I'm sweating over here, man. This is, this is very emotional. <laughs> I didn't know it was warm in Iowa this time of year. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rico holds Dizzy in his arms. She says, I'm dying. It's all right because I got to no have shit. you. No yeah, shit. no, yeah, no, no shit. <laughs> Dizzy dies in Johnny's arms, and he gives her a kiss. Xander goes into the cockpit and tells Carmen that Rico is back there. Rico orders Planet P to be blasted on his authority. Carmen looks at Johnny with sad eyes, saying she thought he was dead. Mi does the flying; we just do the dying as he storms away. Attention on deck as Rico leads Dizzy's funeral. They close her casket, and I guess they just launch it in outer space. Uh, mm-hmm. He dismisses the soldiers, and Carl walks in. Carl sent that crew knowing there was intelligent bugs. He says, we're going back to P to capture that brain. Rico becomes lieutenant now. Take care of yourself, Johnny, Carmen says. Rico asks Ace, who are all these kids? Rico tells him the rules, the same ones Rashtek gave. He tells him we're looking for a smart bug. Saddle up, he yells to them. Ship commander calls for evasive action. Carmen and Xander's ship is split in half. Members are sucked into space. The captain, Carmen, and Xander run toward the rescue deck. The captain is killed by a closing door. Chaos ensues as they all try to abandon ship. Carmen and Xander make it out on, in like an escape boat. 
They watch all the destruction around them. Ace hears about the Roger Young burning down and tells Johnny. Johnny asks if there were any survivors. Carmen lands a ship and they crash through a mountainside. They're surrounded by bugs and Xander gets the weapons. Carmen gets a hold of Johnny and tells them their location. She quits talking when bugs surround. Rico needs a crew to pull them out. Xander and Carmen are both impaled by the bugs. Watkins goes to lead a crew, but Rico says, you already know they're dead. We see Xander and Carmen being kept alive, and these roach-type bugs approach them. Rico leads a team through the tunnels and says Carmen is alive. Rico orders the others to stay on mission and for two volunteers to come with him. The smart bug approaches now. Xander hands Carmen a knife. Xander tells the bug someone like him will kill your whole fucking race. Then the bug sucks Xander's brains out, killing him. Carmen is dropped to the ground and she cuts its... What the hell is that thing called that it uses to suck the brains out? I have no that's, idea. That's a dick sucker mandible thing. That's the old uh, scientific term there. All right, we'll, go, we'll go with that. Uh, she backs away and Rico arrives with a nuke. He shit talks the bug and has Carmen join them. He shit talk. He does shit talk the bug. He, that, that, is, that is some... That is some... That's some meta world peace level shit talking. You are right. They back away and Rico yells for them to run. They shoot the pursuing bugs, and Watkins is cut across his chest. He takes a nuke and yells for them to get out of here. Watkins holds them off with his gun, and the nuke explodes as Rico, Carmen, and Ace run away. The cave caves in, blocking the tunnel off behind them. The three make it out and join the other soldiers. Rico asks, what's going on? They got it, they yell. They drag this bug out, and they ask Carl what it's thinking. Carl says, it's afraid. They all cheer. Rico says, it was you that told me where Carmen was. Carl says we will know how they think soon and we'll defeat them. We see Zim celebrating. He captured the bug. We now see scientists studying the bug nonstop to learn how to defeat it. We need soldiers, the voice says. Pilots like Carmen. Soldiers like Rico and Ace. They'll keep fighting and they'll win. Then the end credits roll. Ryan, what do you think about the ending? Um, It's okay. Um, It's actually my least favorite part of the movie, if I'm being honest. Um, it's not necessarily bad. It's just a lot of, I mean, man, I mean, I could have done without a lot of it. Um, it's definitely ironic that both of the innocent love interests and, uh, Izzy and, uh, Xander bite the dust here while the rest of these three original assholes live on, Um, (laughs) you know, that the fact that, that, uh, you know, the three are all hand in hand really doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me here at the end. If I'm being honest, if I was Rico, I would have told Carmen to fuck off. Um, you know, if I were both of them, I would have definitely told Doogie Howser to fuck off. Um, it was a fun little tidbit though. Apparently NPH was often called Doogie Hitler whenever he wore the, uh, military intelligence <laughs> uniform on the set. Um, since it was made obviously purposely to resemble the SS uniforms, but, uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and, and I'll have to say, you know, Rico's roughneck speech, if I'm being honest, is a little cheesy, not coming from Ironside. It's, it sounds weird. Sorry, Dean. You know, Milton Panthers for life, but uh, I thought that was fucking terrible. Um, I like the ending for the most part, um, but I like the movie. So if I didn't like the movie, I can see 100% where it runs on a little bit long. You know, the last stand at Whiskey Outpost could have been the end, and I would have been just fine, you know, honestly, or had it where, you know, end where they all three meet up with Doogie again to, to, you know, set up a sequel. I don't know. Um, But shout out to those effects with Carmen Ship, the Roger Young. Um, tearing apart like you can even see the fucking people inside i thought it looked phenomenal uh i actually had a joke in here but it doesn't really hit the same when mike's not here but i said because titanic's like his favorite movie and i said you know it's probably even better than the titanic breaking apart in that cheap ass movie hey Um, fuck you man i love that movie come (laughs) see me sometime i feel like that he is here 
Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mike. Love you, Mike. Uh, but uh, but anyway, the escape with the fucking bodies hitting the life shuttle. I thought, holy shit! Like now, the landing was horse shit, and it looked like horse shit. Um, but again, you know that that's why I think they could have done without most of this entire ending. Um, it's fitting that they would capture the brain bug, and instead of trying to learn it or reason with it, they're studying it to find more ways to kill them. Um, and again, you know, they're cheering when they hear it scared. You know, it, it's a fitting ending. Just went on a little too long. Again, we aren't supposed to root for these humans, and you know, here that's that's hammered home. I think even more here at the very end. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Trey. Yeah, and I'm a terrible person because I still do, man. Like I was, I uh, internally I was stoked when the that thing is. I can't get over how disgusting that thing is, <laughs> and it is funny too that like we were talking about the conventional weaponry. It's like they're using they're using like AK 40s like future AK 47s, but they're also firing off nukes like RPG. <laughs> like it's so ridiculous, dude. Um. Yeah, shit hits the fan. They all die. All the love interests die. The captain gets smushed, which getting crushed is just a terrible death by Snoo Snoo is bad for everybody. Um, <laughs> the bug, I still can't get over like that fat gelatinous like butthole, like wiener sucking thing where where his where his like whole essence gets sucked out of his head. I wasn't like. That character, you're not, des- you're not, he's not designed to like that much. You still feel horrible for him. Epic shit talking before he gets like brain fucked to death. Um, so good for him. She cuts <laughs> the thing and like the viscous juice that comes out of it. It's just that things that are too fat to move on their own. Like I'm a big fan of like I watch 600 pound life. So I just get like those type of vibes when I see that bug being like just carded like by little tiny like wheeler bugs. Uh, so disgusting dude but <laughs> like you said the characters come together doogie hauser's terrible right because he sent them there to die right basically just to see if it was there like just the epitome of like using even people that you know are in mobile infantry as like disposable pawns so not a good guy but at the end zim who shanked Busey's kid's hand snapped country arms beat up women like an asshole (laughs) he busted himself down to private and he got that big fat butthole bug and i felt good and then you like doogie puts the hand on the thing and it looks legitimately terrified they're cheering the humans are going to win the war presumably and you feel good but then it's propaganda so you feel bad shout out because we haven't said it roughnecks is a great name for a military unit or conversely, it definitely sounds like an XFL franchise. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I Brian, I could, I could understand your quabbles with the ending, but man, this movie took me on a ride. I love it every time. And I find myself cheering for the bad humans and I, uh, I don't feel great about it, but man, that's just how the movie, maybe the movie itself is like propaganda, right? Like, even oh, 25 yeah. years later, like that's how propaganda works, man. It's, you know what you're seeing, you know what it's designed to do and it still does it. So maybe that's like the story of the entire film. It's like some of the most effective propaganda ever shot. So effective the people at its time didn't even know the real message that was behind it. So, so I didn't understand why, film. why did Zen bust himself down to private? Like he had so he to, go. the guy from Mad Men or uh, Breaking Bad, the dude yeah. with the chip tooth, 
he said he wants to go see combat, right? He's like, I want to see combat. He goes, I need you here. The only way you can do that is if you bust yourself down to private, a throwaway line that oh, I pays didn't, I didn't off. Even put that two together. Okay. Yeah, it pays off right at the end. So it's just the same thing. They bring those character, those great supporting character guys at the beginning of the movie. They bring back Rashchak. They bring back Clancy, and it's uh, it's an intelligent movie, man. And I guess it's one of those things too where you, you question, like. Doogie sucks. Oh God! And then when they, they like they like mouth screw like the bug, and they like it's so funny. It's the most gory movie ever. But some of the stuff that they put the censored bar on, yeah. right? That's yeah. just it's just so absurd. But I guess, man, they're all objectively like terrible people. But they've been through such horrific tragedy together. It's like let's just slap hands and just get another tattoo and a whiskey or something, man. It's been a, it's go. been a rough couple years. There you go. But uh. Awesome movie, dude. I, 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 maybe a little bit could have shaved off here and there, but just so many little nuances to where we could talk about it for an hour and a half, and you know we only scratched the surface. Yeah, I never, I never knew that about why Zen busted down to private as many times as I've seen it. So I learned something new tonight. Which is crazy because you know, like the astrological signs and like all yeah. the other stuff, and like what flavor latte they had on set, and like <laughs> people were dropping like they were like Qatari World Cup like stadium workers. I didn't know any of that, but if I can impart a little bit of knowledge to this brain trust, I feel good about it. <laughs> uh, any more final thoughts? Where you just jump in some social media comments and questions. Fucking movie rules, dude. And it just, it, I watched it today during my lunch break. It just, it still rules. I love it. I unabashedly love it. Absolutely. Damn, I need that tray. I need to work with Trey. Two hour lunch breaks? Hell yeah, brother. Uh, I, I trim, trimmed a little here and there. Watched a little bit on the shitter as well. Like, I just, <laughs> I only rewatched the beginning because the end I remember, I had to watch the beginning to get like all the actual deep satirical references. <laughs> All right, let's do Instagram first. The first comment we got was from to be or not to be movies. I, th- I like that name for a Instagram tag. The only good bug is a dead bug. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, uh, fuck them all, yeah. Chris underscore 2020. Totally love this as a cheesy, hard R space opera when I was little. Love it even more now for the ultra-violent, heavily satirical look at patriotism and then military. Uh, Jman5765 commented, this is my dad's favorite sci-fi movie. I remember watching it as a kid, but all I remember was boobs and bugs. There you go. <laughs> I think everyone remembers. <laughs> I think every young man who saw it then only remembers that. I'll have to rewatch tonight before the episode drops. That's what I love about you guys. There aren't many movies I haven't seen, but this podcast makes me rewatch things I probably never would have thought to. And going through all 200 plus episodes, there's plenty I hadn't seen or heard of that I now enjoy, i.e. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Midsommar, and many more. Hell yeah, brother. Keep it up, gentlemen, and Nico. What is that supposed to mean? I'm not <laughs> a gentleman. Ooh, not so subtle, just shot across the bow. I'm telling you, man. I'm bull- I'm always bullied around here, Trey. It's uh, fucking bullshit, man. I don't like that. Hey, stop Asian hate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. Cut nothing. Our Mark underscore Hef said, this movie pleasantly surprised me way back when it came out. Cast was good, except that motherfucker pilot that tried stealing Denise Richards while our boy was in Mobile Infinite. <laughs> Great gore, and hey, Michael Ironside, you can't go wrong. Denise Richards, call me sometime. Dina Meyer from Saul, call me sometime. Everybody stealing Mike's call me sometime. I think he needs to trademark that real quick. for He's Absolutely. losing out. 
All right, we'll jump to Twitter now. We don't have anything on Facebook. Kevin Scanlon commented, I absolutely love this movie. Extremely fun watch with a great cast. Michael Ironside is excellent in every movie he's in. Also, to quote Settle, Dina Meyer, call me sometime. Jesus, dude, he is just, just hemorrhaging money. He's hemorrhaging money. <laughs> hemorrhaging money, like Dizzy's mouth. <laughs> also, the fact that they made Casper Van Dien give her a hepatitis kiss with all that blood flowing in there, like, man, he... Oscar worthy material. That that's that's a tough that's a tough assignment. There you go. All right. Uh the last bit thing the last bit we have on Twitter is from James Coleman. He tweeted us. Are y'all gonna dive in how it was a satire into military propaganda with tons of nods to higher Germany? Also, I'm curious about expanded backstory into how they made the movie off of reading one chapter of the book. I actually like this movie. I'm even more of a fan of it as an adult. And then a friend of the show, Boo Radley, he commented back, Verhoeven wasn't hiding shit with this movie. He said exactly what he wanted to while telling this story. <laughs> yeah, I think check, check, and double check. I think we, 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 tickled, all, we tickled all your fancies, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Brian, you want to jump into fun facts? I don't, I don't have any tonight. Maybe you or Trey have some fun facts. I got Jesus, the budget there's no up. way. There's no way you have any more than what you had. You are a treasure trove of fun facts. All right, I have. A, I do have a few. Oh my um, god! Hell yeah! The the, uh, the line "You want to live forever," you know, um, was actually also uttered in Paul Verhoeven's earlier movie RoboCop by the character Emil. Um, mm. James Marsden, Keanu Reeves, Mark Wahlberg, Josh Brolin, Jason Priestley were all considered for the role of Johnny Nico or Johnny Rico. Um, Nev Cam- Nev Campbell and Rebecca Gayhart were considered for the part of Carmen, but both were busy doing Scream Two. Um, and Matt Damon auditioned for the for for Johnny Rico as well. So Casper I love Dean, I love man. I love Milton, and maybe maybe it works with like the message of what they were going to do. Yeah, but man, there's there's a lot of really good actor names there's on this. Some A lists right there that would have made this. But dude, I don't know if I would have changed it. He's the perfect like representation of like the blank, vacuous, just good looking dude, right? So he's yeah. like the perfect canvas yeah. to like paint whatever message you want on. You're right. Uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. I mean, yeah. Um, the film was actually nominated for an Oscar for Best Visual Effects, along with The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Titanic, and obviously the film Lost the Titanic. Um, two more. <sighs> Macaulay Culkin's favorite film. What can you Hell say? yeah, dude. I mean, All right, McAllister. You're you okay go. in my book. There you go. Um, and <laughs> and uh, Michael Ironside's character's obviously missing an arm and uh, later has both legs bitten off by the tanker bug. During a fight with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Total Recall, also directed by Paul Verhoeven, Ironside's <sighs> character has both arms severed the same way. Yes. Man, that's another good... Oh, that's a good movie, too. Yeah. I love Paul, man. Three of my three of my top ten favorite movies of all time were directed by him. Damn, that's big. Trey, you got any fun facts, or you may jump into the budget? No, fuck, dude. Any any fun fact that I had would pale in comparison to what we just heard. I'm just oh, gonna please. I'm gonna know my role and shut my mouth. <laughs> oh please! <laughs> All right, uh, this is according to IMDb numbers. The box office, the budget was an estimated one hundred and five million dollars. Didn't make uh, the that opening. Back. <laughs> the opening weekend brought in twenty two million fifty eight thousand seven hundred seventy three bucks, and the worldwide gross is one hundred and twenty one million. 
$214,377. So it made about $16 million profit, according to IMDb's numbers. Yeah, and they always say, right, that you got to double your budget for to account for the advertising and stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure they lost. To me, dude, another case of Dread 2012, poorly yeah. marketed for what it actually was. Um, and it sucks because it's a good movie that would have been stuck in the dustbin of history if it wasn't so good. To yep. like weird a cult classic that was also cost a hundred million dollars to make, right? Which good point. Good point. you don't really see that, right? It, it's one of those things you don't really see too often. So we and an, another fun like weird anomaly of this movie. And you get Casper Van Dien to finally come back for Starship Troopers three. But the budget's probably five million dollars between part two and three. I mean, it's just they it stood no they stood no chance no matter. I've what never seen the sequels. I just I won't. I can't talk. I can't. I'd, not worth my time, Brian. I'd imagine. No, it's not. No, it's okay. Not. <laughs> I can't do it. I, just, I hold this movie in such high regard. I'm not going to like sully it at all. I, I feel you on that. Uh, y'all ready to jump into the the rating favorite kill and least favorite kill? Sure. Sure. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read Dustin's real quick. Favorite kill, Breckenridge. It was unexpected because it was a training exercise, and it threw me off to know they are using live rounds, and then it made it even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Least favorite kill, Captain Deladier? Come on, that slow-ass door crushed her, and she couldn't roll all the way? <laughs> Bogus. That's, I, I, it's hard to disagree with that one. Yep. General thoughts. Confession. I had never seen this movie in full until this week. That being said, a lot of it aged horribly, mainly effects, but also the perception of technology in the future. This yeah. movie is interesting for me. On one hand, I can absolutely appreciate the satire and the spoof of government propaganda. On the other hand, I felt this runtime unlike any movie we've done in a while. This one, however, got better to me the longer the runtime went. This movie was funny, but not funny enough to, for me to appreciate it as a comedy. It had a lot of action, but wasn't seri serious enough for me to love it as an action flick. But when it's all said and done, the cast alone is too damn good for me to dislike the movie. Despite Denise Richards, who is nice to look at but is a terrible actress, this movie has some phenomenal actors in supporting roles. From Doogie Howser to Gabriel from The Walking Dead to Michael Ironside, who's been in everything ever, to Blanche from, to, from Blanche to Rube from Major League Two to Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad to the ever-beautiful Amy Smart, holy cow. That being said, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I enjoyed it. Oh, he said that twice. <laughs> I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, even after the first half hour. I wouldn't seek it out to watch again, but if it was on, I'd watch. Decent movie. Bonus points for the football scene, but I'm concerned why a touchdown was worth five points. It went from 38 points to 43 when he scored. But they play like men with no face mask on the helmet, so I can let it slide. Side <laughs> note, I'm glad Hollywood does a better job of casting teenagers than it used to. No shot these kids were fresh out of high school. But his rating was a 6.5. You know, that's not bad. Not bad. Yeah, okay. You guys. <laughs> I'm going I'm to screw up your averages here. <laughs> no. Uh, let me pull up Mike's real quick, and I'll read his. All right, Brother Mike dipped out because his power went out. <clears throat> and he says, hate that I fucking lost power. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies to Trey. I have shitty internet anyway, so it's probably making it worse. You're a natural at this. You're the man. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, Mike. I said my general thoughts are at the top of the show, so refer to those. But all in all, I enjoy certain aspects of this film. It's almost like two different films sometimes. 
On his face, this story isn't for me. I don't like space sci-fi, except Jason X, elite film, so the story <laughs> doesn't click with me. On the other hand, it's a masterclass of satire and giving a middle finger to fascist ideology, and I love that aspect of it. Great cast, cool kills, cool tits, cool dicks, and cool bugs. <laughs> Favorite kill, okay. Xander. Didn't hurt to see him killed and the effects on his face after the fact was really good work. Least favorite, Diz. I would have jumped in front of that bug for her. Hard to give this movie one rating, but I went with a 6.75. I understand why it's a cult classic, though. All right, Trady, you want to go next thing? so I can uh, take a, a, a break from my voice? <laughs> yeah, man, not a problem, buddy. I'll go you, next you, and let Brian go last. You didn't find. Um, yeah, I just I think I've said it all there is to say about the movie. I love it. Highly complex. Ages like a fine wine. You know, you can it. It's a perfect. It's a perfect like Sunday when you're hungover movie because you can just appreciate it for the gore and the action. Or it's on a Wednesday night movie where you want to like actually think about it a little bit. So it's it's a lot of different things all wrapped into one. Yeah. My favorite kill, I mean, the blood orgy spewing from Dizzy's mouth is up there because I quote the line. <laughs> but my guy just getting his brain sucked out through his head like a golf ball through a garden hose. Just, <laughs> fucking, just absolutely. The whole thing is obscene. So I'm going to go with that. Least favorite. The dog in the rubble in Buenos Aires. Oh, Jesus Christ, you Paul, you, you fucking, you sadist <laughs> bastard. Um, really ups the ante. I, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm picking nits here, boys. I love the movie. It's in my top 10. Like, so I guess a movie that's in your top 10, I've got to give them like a minimum. <sighs> have you guys ever given out? What's the highest rating each of you have personally given out on the show? Oh, we've all, we've all given tens. Have you? Boom. Yeah. A fucking 10. Just a 10. Go. I'll give it 10. <laughs> Anything in my top 10 I consider to be a top 10 because I'm a man of impeccable taste and style. So this is clearly up there. This might even be a top fiver. I've enjoyed myself thoroughly. You two guys are the best. Uh, God damn, what a, what a ride, boys. <laughs> All right, Brian, I'll let you uh, close this out. And uh, I might turn my video off so y'all don't see me when I get my rating. Favorite kill? <laughs> I chose Xander, the head being impaled and the brain sucked out. I did really like that kill. Uh, the worst kill, it's hard not to pick the commander getting crushed by the door. But I go with Dizzy just because I want I wanted her to survive. I love Dina Meyer, love the mm. Saw franchise. Uh, rating, short and sweet. Pros, I like the cast. The bugs look good to me, even to this day. Some of the effects haven't aged well. Like, you know, just the out in the outer space, you can tell it's all digital and shit. But nothing I'm going to nitpick against. Uh, my cons, like this movie is just not, you know, my style really. It's not what I love. The movie gets monotonous to me and I just struggle to stay engaged throughout. I will admit, I guess I just don't get the satire, but I really don't care about it either. Uh, overall, if you're a fan of this genre <laughs> style, you'll love it. I'm just not a big fan. <sighs> I'm sorry, but I gave it a three out of 10. Good God. Yeah. Not great. All right, Brian. But my Watch opinion doesn't matter. My opinion yes, doesn't it matter. Does. Oh, yeah, please. you're a great guy. You're just wrong in this certain instance. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, my my favorite death. I actually am going to go with the tanker bug that Rico blasts a hole in. Oh, bug death! Fucking spaghetti sauce flying out at Rico, oh. and then throws the grenade inside. Love it. 
Uh, my least favorite death, I have Brenda Strong's captain get smashed by that fucking door. I wrote the same thing. Plenty of time to get out of the way. I thought that was fucking awful. And just short and sweet, I actually rated this a 9.5. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. Let me do the cumulative because uh, you did that pretty quick. Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. I feel like I've talked uh, plenty, though, and kind of given my summary. So short and sweet to the point. Math that shit up. You gave Let's... it a 9.5? Yes, sir. Divided by five. We gave it a 7.15, and IMDb is a 7.3 with 287,759 reviews. That's right on the money then, boys. Yes, Thank so. God you have Brian and I just salvaging no the respectability shit. of this program. Listen, <laughs> you guys gotta you gotta stay as subject matter experts here. Thank God Brian and I are helping you guys out. We we get the average right where it needs to be. Hey, hey, hey man. Uh yeah, you're right. Uh <laughs> any any final thoughts, guys, on the movie before we uh, you know, shout out our blood donors and announce next week's pick? No, the last, the only thing I want to say is just thanks again to Trey for coming on, man. You, uh, we love you guys, man, or we love you and everything that you you do on uh, on Twitter, on on your podcasts, and everything in the world. So you're you're welcome back anytime. You have a standing standing invitation. I'll take you up on it, man. I, I, I love what you guys do. It's kind of got my creative juices flowing a little bit, like just doing something kind of outside of my comfort zone as far as what I've done recording-wise in the past, and I always have a fucking blast. You guys are great. Shout out to you, Brian, original creator of the Rollcast logo, the man, Nico, good people, Mike, Dustin, everybody involved with the show. You guys do a class act, and you have really built yourself a pretty damn big and cool audience, so... Hats off to you, gentlemen, man. I'll be back for sure. Thank you, sir. And before you go, we're just going to shout out our blood donors. But I got an assignment for you, Trey, so don't leave yet. Oh, okay. I'm here. Our camper level reoccurring are Clayton J., Nina, Michelle Mirza, Andrew Ferguson, Carrie Adams, the Horror Movie Crew Podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, and Sean Irwin. Our camp counselor reoccurring are Hunter Nelson, Dennis Kennedy, Edwin Hernandez-Gunn, Joe Swinford, and Jennifer Davis from the Too Close to Home podcast. Our legendary blood donors we have film reviews to do for are Sean Irwin and Sarah Irwin. And our dream warrior donor is David Farley. Just want to thank all of our blood donors. We really appreciate all the financial help. It means the world to us. Uh, Brother Mike can't announce his pick because his power went out, unfortunately. But next week we'll be doing Annihilation, another movie that I have not seen. Uh, Looking forward to watching it because, you know, honestly, I haven't seen any of the movies this month except my pick. So I am excited to watch Annihilation. But, Trey, here's my assignment. Uh, do you have HBO Max? I got them all, man. I'm a, I'm a I'm a dad that likes to wear gym shorts on the couch. All I do is sit on my fat ass and stream. Lay, give me <laughs> something. All right, so you got two weeks, and I want you to watch Donnie Darko. Oh boy, okay, I can it's on do HBO that. Max. All right, I'll you take don't even got to pay for it. All right, that, all right, that's good. I'm a cheap. Just want to hear your too, thoughts so. on it. All right, man, done and done. <laughs> Brian, any more final thoughts on your pick before we close out the episode? No, thank you guys. I really never thought in a million years that I would get to do Starship Troopers on this show. So fucking yeah, I'm. I'm. Thank you guys for letting me do it. Oh, of course, brother. Uh, I think Sci-Fi Month is going to be a fun month. Honestly, Home Invasion Month was great. I loved it. I love doing theme months, even though freestyle picks are fun. Getting to pick whatever you want to, but you know these theme months kind of make you pick certain movies that you might just yeah. keep putting off and keep putting off. So I really enjoy that aspect. Uh, just want to thank all our fans and listeners. Really appreciate the support. 
Uh, go check out our giveaway on Instagram for the It All Began With The Screen books. And last but not least, thank you again, Trey, so much for coming on the show. It's always a blast. You're always welcome on. And uh, just let us know when you come back on again. You can pick a movie or something. Uh, tell of a good time having you on. Thank Hell you again yeah, to all guys. the listeners. Uh, and y'all have a good one. Just want to remind everybody. Oh.